We are currently going through the names of God. Okay? We all know some of the names that, that Christ, I am, the way, the truth, the light. That defines who he, who he was and who he is to us today. We can go through and we can name some of those names for Jesus. But the names of God are just as important. You know, we know the Jehovah Jireh because we all have needs, okay? <laughs> Today we're going to look at Jehovah Nisi. All right? Jehovah Nisi is probably one of those names that can very easily get look, overlooked. But it has a lot of meaning to it. and gives us some of the things that we need on a daily basis. So... Uh, if you turn in your Bibles or you can check up here on the screen, Exodus chapter 17, we're going to start at verse 8. Now, I will tell you this, I'm going to read this portion of scripture out of the complete Jewish Bible. Okay? So it means that the names, you know, Moses is Moshe, okay? Um, that type of thing. But it, it gives some definition, and I want to make sure that we have that, okay? Then the Amalek, Amalek came and fought with Israel at Raphim. Moshe said to Yahshua, meaning Joshua, those men, uh, choose men to, for us to go and fight the Amaleks. Tomorrow I will stand on the hill with God's staff in hand. Yahshua did as Moshe, Moshe, I'll just go back to Moses, okay? <laughs> Let's make it easy. <laughs> then Moses, Aaron, and Hur went on top of the hill. When Moses raised his hand, Israel prevailed. But when he let it them down, when he let it down, the Amaleks prevailed. However, Moses' hands grew heavy. So he took a, so they took stones and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands held up his hands, the one on one side and one on the other. So his hands stayed steady until sunset. Thus, Joshua defeated the Amaleks, putting their, putting their people to the sword. Adonai, God, said to Moses, write this in the book to remember and tell it to Joshua. I will completely blot out the memory of the Amaleks from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it Adonai Nisi, in other words, Jehovah Nisi. Adonai is my banner or miracle. And said, because their hands were against the throne of, of God, Adonai will fight the Amaleks generation after generation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to this place, that we can learn about your name, and that we can understand what you mean to 
to us. Father, we gain from you some of the promises. We gain from you your protection. Father, I just pray that the words that come out of my mouth, may they be your words, and may you be glorified in everything we say and do. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Technology. I set it down, and it uh, turned off. (laughs) So, most of it I know, so we can go from there. But um, a banner. Now, there's a difference between labels and a banner. You and I have all been labeled at one point in time. Okay? When I was growing up, we had four groups in my high school. Okay? There was the athletes. There was the farmers. There was the brainiacs. And there was the druggies. Okay? That was the four groups in my high school. I played sports, but I took all the college prep classes and got good grades. So I didn't fit into the brainiacs because I played sports. I didn't fit into the sports because I was a brainiac. And I dated a farmer. Okay? I didn't fit anywhere. But we all get labels. However, a label is who others call us. A banner is who we identify with. Today, this banner we're going to look at gives us three area, three key areas of our life. Number one, it gives us our identity. Number two, it gives us security. And number three, it gives us our purpose. And we're going to take a look at those three areas. When I was a little kid, and we even sang this as we were doing children's ministries many, many years later, his banner over me is love. Now, that's the only part of the song I can remember. But I remember his banner over me is love. I remember it. I can do it. It was, as soon as I read this portion, that's the first thing I thought of. But it gives us some hope. It gives us a peace in which we understand there's more than just who we are. Our identity. And when I was a little boy, and my mom is here, so I can't lie. Because <laughs> she's the one who told it to me the most. So, when I was a little boy, and even through my teenage years and all this sort of thing, we were always told, me and my two younger brothers, that don't disappoint, don't shame our name, basically, is, it was the key to it. It doesn't matter what you do. It comes against all of us. It's our name. It's the coat's name. It is who we are. My mom was a head nurse at the hospital. My dad worked for the city. 
we were in a small town. Believe me, when I got in trouble, they knew it long before I ever got home or they got home. And then I got it twice. But the whole thing is, is who do we identify as? Who do we identify with? When we identify with God, we have a whole lot more than just who we are. There is so much more. In Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, it says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away to the gods of the ancestors, worship that the gods of your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of the ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When we identify who we're with, it's kind of like the sports teams. Who we're going to root for? What side are we going to be identified with? And I know as well as you do, there are people that are, you know, fair-weathered sports fans. As long as their team is winning, that's who they're going to identify with. But as their team starts to lose, heaven forbid I even know who they are. You know what? Here's the key. God's already won. So it doesn't matter. We can identify with him no matter what we do, no matter what we're going through. God's already been there. God's already beat it. He's already won. Our identity is found in God. Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Coloss, the faithful brother and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Paul identifies himself as an apostle of God. Then he identifies the church as God's holy people. That's what we got to remember ourselves as. It's God's holy people. We are God's people. We have the benefit of being part of him. So who do others people say we are? God may identify, and we may identify in our own secret little world over here. I'm a Christian, and that's all I'm going to do. But who do others say we are? At work, in our neighbors, in our neighborhoods. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Jesus says, a new command I give to you. Love one another. 
as I have loved you. So that so you must love one another. By this, everyone. Not just one or two people. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Four different times, Jesus said in two, script, in two verses, love one another. That's important. They will know we are Christians by our love. That's another old song. I... They will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. They will know we are Christians by our love. Do we love the unlovable? I'll tell you what. This last couple months, I've had an issue with one of my employees. And there's things going on, and I'm trying to help this employee understand the impact that these mistakes are having. Not just on me, but company-wide and so on and so forth. And there are times I come home and I'm ready to pull my hair out and... But we've got to love each other. And we've got to give instructions in love. And help teach and train, and help people be able to pursue the right path in love. Sometimes, as a boss, that seems to conflict. Because there's, there's times, and we all have faced this one way or another, we just, it'd be so much easier to let people go. To cut off a friendship because they hurt us. To separate ourselves because it's not what we agree with. We may not always agree with what they say, what they do, the way they act. But God still loves them. And we must too. It's important. That we love them. James chapter 2, verses 14, starting at verse 14. What good is it, my brother and sister, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without food or without clothes or daily, and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not accomplished by actions. It is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. 
Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you I will show you my faith by my deeds. Love is just an emotion. Right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I always said that compassion is love in action. Too many times we feel love just like we feel towards ice cream or steak (laughs) or whatever else we might want to put with that. But you know what? We don't act on it like eat it. It means nothing or enjoy it. James says, if we don't do something about someone else's needs, how do we really have love? Are we really proclaiming God's banner over us if we don't help out? His banner over us is love. So whose banner is flying over you? Whose banner does other people see in you? The second thing we have besides identity identity is security. Now we have all heard and maybe have even said, my daddy's bigger than your daddy and my daddy can beat your daddy up. My daddy was not a very big guy. Okay? Not only that, but my daddy suffered from something many years prior where he broke his neck. But he walked, he talked. I mean, he could do everything that anybody else could do. He just couldn't put on a lot of weight because it carried so much pressure on his neck. He worked for the city. He worked in the heavy equipment, taking care of the streets. My daddy wasn't one who did a lot of talking. But as soon as he talked, everybody stopped and listened. My dad had such respect in the town when he passed away. We took the biggest church we could find, and there were people in another room watching on TV for his funeral. It wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of my brothers. It was because of the respect that the people had for him. I knew when I went home, I had security. I knew if I needed something, my daddy was there to take care of me and to help me out. So was our Father in heaven. In Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 14, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought you about your adoption to sonhood 
and that by him we cry, Abba, Father. We cry, Daddy. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. The last couple years, I have had the wonderful experience of witnessing and being a part of adoptions within our family. My four grandchildren are all adopted. They don't look like me. They're not my blood. Uh, if, you, if I could put pictures up there, you would all see that they don't look like me. <laughs> okay? However, my love for them has, doesn't change except grow stronger and stronger each and every day. And every time I get to spend time with them, it grows so much more. I am proud to call them my children, my grandchildren. They are mine, each and every one of them. And I love them to death. And when our daughter-in-law gives birth to their to their our true blood grandchild, you know what? The other four aren't going to take a back seat to this one. They are my grandchildren, period. And they are my heirs, each and every one of them. Just as we are heirs of Christ. We are adopted by Christ because we came to him and asked for forgiveness. We are his sons and daughters. We are brother and sister with Christ himself. Now, I don't know about you, but when I went home to my daddy, my daddy doesn't come anywhere close to my heavenly father. And the security that we have in him. And who we are in him. Where do we run in times of trouble? Moses had the rod. Now this rod was the same rod that flowered. It's the same rod that he threw down on the ground and became a snake. It's the same rod that he held up. And it's parted the Red Sea. It's God's rod. Now, we may not have God's rod. That got put into the the Ark of the Covenant. But we do have God's word. And we can hold this up and we can proclaim every single promise and security that's in here is mine just as it is everyone else's. It is our security. It is who we identify with. 
and whose we are. Daniel went into a den of lions. Now, I'll tell you what. I wouldn't mind going into a lion's den if long, as long as the lions aren't home. But you go into a den of lions, that means there's a group of lions there, and that's where he went. Talk about needing security. The three Hebrew children went into a fiery furnace because they were unwilling to bow down before a God, before an idol. You talk about security. I'd like to see that insurance policy. I mean, hey, it didn't burn them at all. God is with us. He gives us our security. He's our refuge. And I looked it up in the dictionary. A refuge, the third definition of a refuge, is something in which one has recourse in difficulty. In other words, somewhere where we can go to in difficulty. Do you know why? When they were fighting wars, they had these banners or these flags. Because if you were in trouble, you could go back towards your flag, towards your banner for security. You knew which side you were, you were going towards. When we have times of difficulty, we know which way to run when we run to God. And we run to his word. It's our security. My grandson has this blanket. And he's like, one, he's like my son. And that blanket goes everywhere with him. Just as my son did. Now it's not the same son. But they had this blanket. And that was it. That, that was their security. It, no matter what, they wrapped themselves on, up in it, you know, like Linus in the Peanuts. Okay? Imagine this. God takes that banner and he wraps around us. He gives us a security each and every day. Telling us, I'm with you. Now, I don't know about you, but there are times in which I'm sitting here and I'm going through something and it doesn't seem like God is there. Anybody else or am I the only one? Okay? And we've all read or seen the footprint poem where it says, that's where I carried you. There was a little statue that one of my brothers had gotten my dad um, after we had left the house. And it reminds me of my dad and it kind of reminds me of God. It was a dad carrying his son on his shoulders. When it got to be too hard to walk because we had been walking for a long time 
or things got to be too hard where we couldn't see because we were just too short. My dad would put us up on his shoulders. I've done that to my kids. I've done that to my grandkids. God does that for us. He puts us on his shoulders and he says, let's go. Let's do it on my power, not yours. I don't know about you, but too many times I try and do it on my own power. Too many times I try and do something and say, you know what, I can get through this by myself. God says, why? Why? The psalmist in Psalms 91, starting at verse 9, says, If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you might, and you make the Most High your dwelling. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all ways, in all your ways. They will, they will lift up in their hands, they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stones you will tread on the lion and and on the cobra you will trample the great lion and the serpent you know jesus used this verse when rebuking satan it says satan's there he's trying to help him trying to get him to jump off the pillar, he says, you know, or Satan used it. He says, you know, the Bible says that your foot will not strike the ground. You see, Satan knows the Bible too. And he'll try and twist it and use it in such a way that is confusing to us. That's why it's important that we understand the word of God. And when we run, we run to God, not from God. Just as God, it was there to protect his son, Jesus, he's also there to protect us. In Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse 25, we see the story of how Jesus is walking on the water. And he's walking towards the disciples. And Peter sees sees him and says, oh, they all see him and they think it's a ghost. Peter says, no, that's the Lord. And he asks Jesus if he could come walk towards him. And we all know the story of how the the waves were crashing around him. And Peter, for a split second, lost vision of Christ and started looking at his circumstances. In verse 30, it says this, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink 
crying out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. He goes on to say, you of little faith, why do you doubt? I was teaching this story one time to a children's ministries group, and and I didn't even have this in my notes, but God in a split second gave this to me. I like putting things, you know, I don't remember what they call it, but you, for each letter of a word, it, it's, you know, you make a, a phrase out of it, I, you know, whatever that is called, and my wife would probably correct me when I get home and tell me exactly what it is, <laughs> being that she's a teacher. <laughs> but, you know, the word help, God gave me this for help. Heaven's ears, listen, please. Heaven's ears, listen, please. All we have to do is turn to God and cry help. Their ears are listening and they're willing to act on it. Peter turned and he says, Lord, save me. Jesus didn't turn his back and say, oh, well, you know, you got yourself in this own trouble. Hey, you're fine. You know how to swim? (laughs) I hope. (laughs) He reached out his hand and pulled him to safety. God's there to do the same for us. He is our refuge. He is our strength. The last key area is purpose. We are to lift up God is our first and foremost purpose. When Moses was holding the rod, they were winning when his hands was lifted to God. You're going through a trouble. You're going through a trial, a tribulation. You don't know what to do. Lift your hands to God. start praising him and see what happens see what takes place Peter reminds us in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 6 humble yourselves therefore God lifts us up or excuse me humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Because he cares for you, for me. Peter wasn't talking just to the church and saying he cares for you as a group. He was talking to each and every individual reader. He cares for you. God, the Father of all the universe, the creator of everything, cares for you. 
and he's reaching out his hand in your time of need. Not only are we to lift up God, but we're to lift up our leaders. Now, I may step on a few toes, and I'm not going to apologize for what I'm getting ready to say. But God gave authority to the leaders. We may not, disagree, we may not agree with everything they say and do. We may not agree with their politics. We may not even be part of the same party. But you know what? God didn't tell us to agree with them. He told us to lift them up. In Romans chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, it says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authority, for there is no authority except which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Now, it has become fairly popular in the last several years, no matter who's president, It's time to bash them. It just has been. But as Christians, it's not a bashing season. It's a season to get on our knees and pray for them. And to lift them up. And God help them. Because you know what? They have to stand before God for every action they've done everything that they've said. Not you and me. We are responsible for what we say and what we do. It is important that we stay under the covering of God. John Bevere wrote a series called Uncovered. talks about the authority. Uncovered, excuse me. Undercover, excuse me. See, I told you, she, she, she's good at correcting me after 34 years. You know, it's <laughs> undercover. Stand under the authority that God has set forth. We can't say that we're under God's authority if we're bashing the authority that God has put over us. That could be your boss. That could be your boss's boss. That could be the police officer that stopped you because maybe you were going a little bit too fast. Maybe it's the president of the United States. If we stay under the cover of authority, we're staying under the cover of authority that God has placed and therefore staying under God's authority. Our purpose is to lift them up. We lift up God. We lift up our leaders. Finally, we lift up each other. There are times that you and I both come here or have struggled throughout the week. And we just need a place to find refuge. 
Hopefully you're, you're able to find some refuge at home. But you may need some encouragement from others. And that's what this place is all about. Lifting one another up. 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter, uh, verse 11 says, Therefore encourage one another, building each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Paul tells the church, just keep doing what you're doing. Lift each other up. Be there for each other. Encourage one another. Help each other out. When we give testimony of what God is doing in our lives, we are building up others who are facing similar things or are facing things that they can't see the end to. We're giving God the glory of what he's done in our life and helping us out. Jehovah Nisi, God is our banner, our miracle. Some of us may need a miracle. Who are we identifying with? Some of us may say, I need a miracle. Where do we run to when we need security? I need a miracle. What is my purpose? Am I lifting up God? Am I lifting up the leaders? And maybe I'm the one that needs to be lifted up. But God is there, and we as, our, as God's people are there, are here with you. Janine, if I can have you come to the piano, please. It is important for us to understand that Jehovah Nisi, our banner, is flying overhead, is flying in our hearts and lives, and is there for protection. Number one, to identify who you are. And Satan knows it. He sees the banner. He doesn't like it. But that's who we're identifying with. And it may get rough at times. And the water may be splashing all around us, but we turn to God and say, help. And we find our security. As we keep our purpose in Him, and we lift Him up, and we lift others up, He's there to support us. We were taking a walk just yesterday, and we saw a tarp over one of those play areas, and it was all ripped up and battered and torn, and it made me think of how the United States and all the battles, and and we talk about the colonial, uh, the revolution, and 
you know, they talked about how the the flag was was ripped and torn from the battle and all that sort of thing. God's banner doesn't get ripped. It doesn't get beaten and scarred. His banner is strong and it flies for us. And his love towards us is never ending. Never forsaking. And always reaching out. I'd like everyone's head bowed and close your eyes. And I just want to ask a couple questions real quick. You may be here and you say, I've never identified with Christ. I don't have that banner and I need it. I want it. I just look quickly like to like for you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. Okay? Maybe you're here and you're saying, I'm going through a really rough time. I need some security. I need God's help. I need God to reach out his hand and save me from my troubles and my struggles. I just want you to raise your hand. We're going to pray. Okay? Anyone else? Thank you. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what? God's purpose is to lift each other up. Maybe I've been guilty of doing some bashing a little bit and I need to I need to ask God to forgive me. Because it's standing in, in the way of my relationship with him. Again, no one's looking around. And I am not judging anybody by anything. I just want to pray. If that's you, I just quickly raise your hand and put it back down. Okay? Any others? Father, we thank you for your banner. We thank you for it flying over our lives. And Father, today, there are those that are reaching out and saying, God, I need your help. Help me, please. Save me, please. Father, today, I just ask that you would wrap your arms around them. And Father, that they may feel your security. Just as that security blanket that those little kids were carrying and wrap around themselves, Father, may they feel that security wrap around them. May it hold them tight. And may they feel loved. Father, for those who who raise their hand, Father, who have maybe gotten away from some of the purpose in which we have of lifting you up and lifting up others, including our our leaders. Father, forgive us for those times in which we slip. Father, may we always uplift you in everything we say and do. May you watch over us. May you keep us all safe. Father, I just pray as we go from this place, may you be lifted up 
And Father, may you be glorified in everything we do, everything we say, and may others know that your banner is flying over us because of our actions towards them, towards others, and the demonstration of your love. And we ask this all in your name. Amen.